During the months of January and February, I often feel like I'm walking in a different area when I take my morning walks in my neighborhood. My regular route, which takes me down sort of a main busy street and then off to some of the side streets, can feel different in the wintertime. The sun tends to be a little bit lower in the sky. The shadows are a little bit different shaped. The air can smell so fresh after our winter storms. Sometimes I'll hear some of the adolescent hawks calling out as they circle overhead in the open space. And I also see things that I don't get to see other times of the year. At first, it's quite startling, as if I'm peering in someone's window. Sometimes I see an evergreen tree I had not noticed before. Other times it's a green hill or a new flowering plant. Sometimes it's even the paint color of one of the houses or the doors. And I realize this is because this time of year, things are more bare. So many of the large trees in my neighborhood have dropped their leaves by January. So the front of houses, backyards, hills in the distance, they're all open and exposed. This bareness allows me to see things that I don't normally get to see, as though I have been given a special lens to look at the world. This bareness is what Paul is referring to in his letters to the Corinthians. He asks us in a roundabout sort of way, what do we see when the leaves fall away? Paul is writing to the new Christian community that has formed in the city of Corinth. This new church is making their way and learning how to live with each other as they try to figure out what being a church is. Corinth was a wealthy and multi-ethnic city during Paul's time. It was a Roman city that had been refounded under Julius Caesar and had quickly grown in wealth and power. There were sharp contrasts between the rich and the poor, but apparently some opportunity to prosper and move up in the social elite. Paul had spent considerable time in Corinth, staying with Aquila and his wife Priscilla. They were Jews and tent makers like Paul. Paul began by teaching in the synagogue, but soon his teachings got him kicked out and he had to move to someone's home. He began baptizing Jews and Romans and other Gentiles, and the church in Corinth grew. This new church was made up of both social elites as well as lower classes. And the church, as any group of humans trying to live together had discovered, problems had arisen. And they had written to Paul. Our reading from 1 Corinthians today is Paul's response to some of these letters that he's received after he's left the city. I'm imagining they're probably multiple letters. He's answering questions that have arisen, and I think we can assume with the tone and the directness that Paul is using, perhaps they've been letters from people in conflict. I imagine it could be something like this. Dear Paul, in your absence, several issues have arisen that we would wish to make known to you. My neighbor Bob is dining with the Romans at their altars. 
when I confronted him about this sinful behavior, he said that he needs to eat meals with them to make sure that they continue to use his boat building business. And then I can imagine that Paul received another letter, this time from Bob. Bob writes, Dear Paul, my neighbor Joe is telling people that I have been sinful and not following Christian law because I've been eating food that is sacrificed to the idols. But I know it's not really sacrificed food because I believe in Jesus Christ. I can just hear Paul giving a huge sigh <laughs> and probably shaking his head. In our reading from today, Paul is answering some of the concerns from the letters that he has received from the members of the church. The phrases that are in quotation marks that you see are actually quotes that he's referring to and he's replying back to them using their own words. Very effective if you're a parent. <laughs> he had previously written to the church instructing them that as believers of Jesus Christ, they could no longer worship idols. But there seems to be some pushback to this. Arguments are made that we, the Corinthians, know that there are no idols. We're just doing this to fit in with society, to improve our social standing, to improve our financial standing, and perhaps to improve our commercial interests. But Paul stands up to these arguments by taking it all a step further. He speaks of family and community. How do our actions affect those around us? What are we doing that might lead others to make poor choices? What do, although we don't believe that the sacrificed foods have anything to worship, have anything to do with worshiping idols, do our actions speak otherwise? And this is where Paul really drives the point home. He declares, I will never eat meat so that I may not cause one of them to fall. Those bare branches that I spoke about at the beginning of my sermon have now come full circle. Paul has stripped away all the extra leaves, all the excuses to show us the reality of the world that we live in. And he reminds us that there is one God and one Jesus Christ from whom all things exist. So this invitation that we are given from Jesus as he invited Peter and Andrew to be fishers of people from our gospel last week, he continues to invite us to come closer and closer still. This invitation to be followers of Jesus, though, has consequences. You see, Jesus invites all to join him, whether they're tax collectors or lepers or even the Pharisees. Jesus invites us into his countercultural kingdom, this kingdom of God that he tells stories about. And it has requirements. It requires us to love others. Not just those that we already like, but especially those that we don't. This invitation requires that we are always leaning out 
away from our own self-interest and towards what others might need. This invitation means that we cannot be the center of our own universe. We have to lift up our heads, we have to make eye contact with those around us, and we have to see them as children of God. And in my experience, once you see this, you can't unsee it. You are forever changed. That is what Paul is talking about, that we as Christians are called into this countercultural life of caring for others before ourselves. But like the bare trees in the wintertime, we are given a glorious new glimpse into this kingdom of God, one of promise and light and hope. Won't you also start looking through the bare trees and see what you make glimpse? What new vision might you be invited into? Amen. <laughs>